Welcome back, y'all, to episode 179 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. I mean, I think one of the most iconic movies of the 90s, if you will, would be Groundhog's Day with Bill Maury. Um, I think whenever you think about that movie, you kind of have like nostalgic feelings, at least I did growing up in the 90s, and the importance of Groundhog's Day. You know, we kind of think about this holiday and how strange it is on February 2nd, where a little rodent comes out of a tree stump in order to tell us if there's six weeks of winter or not. Punxsutawney Phil is his name. And what is this story? What is the origin of Groundhog's Day? And how bizarre are American holidays in comparison to the rest of the world with holidays and traditions? Today we will be doing a little bit of a dive into these concepts to provide more insight into how a country that is 258 years old has such strange holidays. So let's get into it. So apparently the origins of Groundhog's Day is thousands and thousands of years old and really put on a lot of different principles within the Celtic, Western European, pre-Christian European um, countries. So whenever you think of Groundhog's Day, you think of a shadow, but you don't really think of the historical context of it and how it kind of transis- trans- transcended into American culture. We look at how May 1st is May Day, um, February 1st is All Saints Day, and we kind of get into Groundhog's Day. Now, I guess originally this this holiday was based on Candleman's Day, where someone could light a candle, have a blessing, and the source of light would be warm, and this would be the turning point of winter. So if we look at it, we're kind of in the middle point of from the solstice to spring. So we kind of get into it. So the reason why Groundhog's Day was so influential at one point, it was it was kind of like a joke because there was so much um, agricultural kind of brought in into the United States, and so much was based on weather. Um, And so he kind of was able to come in and almost lift morale, if you will. So this kind of came in and they pinned it and they created an approach for it. But also when you look at these holidays, it kind of shows what we have. So Groundhog's Day was established. Some say it it took place in 1887 where you have Punxsutawney Phil coming out and the townspeople saw the groundhog determined that the weather would be created or wouldn't based on it seeing its shadow. And this was kind of like a Dutch uh, immigration holiday and it arrived kind of mid to late 18th century. So the Dutch bring it in as a point of, oh, you know, where do we have it? Now, what's really interesting is, you know, the United States is a young country. So for us to have kind of these these holidays is really interesting because of how it's created. But what's so interesting about the the process of Groundhog's Day, obviously the movie in the 90s was big with Bill Murray, but we kind of get into 
different aspects of culture. And I think it really shows time periods and in how we change as society. So, you know, whenever we look at kind of the beginning stages of Groundhog's Day, it was really, really um, normal for actually Groundhog to be a part of the menu. So if you came in to see Groundhog's Day for lunch, everybody would eat Groundhog. I mean, can you imagine if eating Groundhog? I mean, I think I actually have eaten or consumed guinea pig when I was in Ecuador. It was a very sweet meat, but that's about as close as a rodent I've ever eaten. And I think about Groundhog and, you know, what they call it is kind of a tender meat. So can you imagine showing up and people eating a bunch of little groundhogs? It's kind of funny that that never picked up in, you know, PA or Punxsutawney PA where you would eat it. So it kind of shows that transition point and Groundhog's Day would continue. I think the locals really enjoyed it. You had a lot of the European, the Dutch, the German kind of using it. Obviously, agriculture was a strong point for the community. And they started building it into this holiday wherever you see weather, etc. So that's kind of how Groundhog's Day began. But what's really interesting is kind of looking at a whole of all the bizarre traditions in the United States. The first, and this is off a list I found um, in 2022, and it's called the, the Runner's Guide, so whatever. But it's a pretty funny list. So the first we have is the pre Presidential Turkey Pardon. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing, but obviously since the 1940s, the president will pick two turkeys, um, generally naming them Christmas and Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then the ceremony, you kind of take it and you have the happy turkeys and you grow them and you get ready for the meal each year, which sounds really good. Well, the presidential pardon, I guess, was created by George Bush Sr. in 1989 and he allowed the turkey to live. But what's so crazy is they released the turkey back to the farm to live fat and happy. But as a result of being fed so much, they die within the first year. So either way, you know, pick pick your battle on that one. So that's kind of the first they have. Next, we have the Nanana Ice Classic. Now, this is Ice Classic on the river in, in I cannot, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's Tananana River in Alaska, and it's accumulated into the most deep aspects, and it goes back to the 1960s, and within this event, you have a small group of people who create, like they were originally railroad engineers, and they'd get fired up, and they'd hop in, and what they do is they would provide the ability to, they bet on when the um, ice will break. So I guess the pot's really big, and it started in 1960, and, you know, in 2014, it says that the record of some what somebody made was around $300,000 for guessing when the ice would break. And this is the Ninana Ice Classic, um, which is pretty interesting. It'd be kind of funny to bet when the ice was going to break and win. Number three, we have Groundhog's Day with Punxsutawney Phil, kind of talking about that. Next we have in Michigan is the Cherry Pitting, the Cherry Pit Spitting in Michigan. So I guess in 2019, this was a 46-year-old international championship where people would actually take seeds and spit them. And the furthest that anyone's ever spit one is a record, which is about 93.5 feet. Interesting. That's an interesting hobby. 
Then you kind of have Next Hobbies, which is the Oscar, Oscar, boy, if I could read, um, you have the Ostrich Race in Arizona. This is 31 years old, and you kind of have a race where everyone rides ostriches and hops on it and goes, okay. Next, you have the Road Cook Kill-Off in West Virginia. Boy, howdy. So whenever you think about that, I think that'd be a pretty interesting one. So, you know, obviously roadkill, you know, you run it over, you crush it. But what they do every September in Marlene, West Virginia, is have a road cook-off where you can eat delicious biscuits with squirrel gravy or teriyaki marinated bear or deer sausage, which doesn't sound bad, but I think I w would you rather eat a groundhog or go to the West Virginia cook-off? I personally think the roadkill cook-off would be a little bit more interesting than eating groundhog, but whatever. Then you have the national, okay, I'm going to try to read this, Hollerin contest. Hollerin, oh, that's right, Hollerin. Boy, man, fight. Anyways. The Hollering Contest! That's for the people in the back. So the Hollering Contest is before there was telephones that were even in Vindling and you get the yodele You know, that's kind of where it comes from. Even obviously, that comes from the Europeans. But this started around 1969 in North Dakota where they holler. And I guess whoever has the best holler for the long distance, whoever can hear it, can win. Okay. Next number eight, you got pumpkin chucking in Delaware, which is pretty interesting. Taking pumpkin seeds, being able to throw them in the sky this fest. Um, whoa, someone actually did it for 4,690 feet. So whenever they do this, they are literally, they now take it and put it in an air cannon. And that's why it was 4,690 feet, which is crazy. So those are kind of the, the bizarre, if you will, traditions. And then I try to like find some other countries that have bizarre traditions and they just ended up being traditions. So I looked at some stuff within Germany and I guess within Germany, what's so interesting is all Germans prefer cash, which isn't necessarily a tradition. It's a custom. I don't know if there's a translation thing, but whenever I put it in this, this kind of popped up kind of looking at some things in Germany too is poor restaurant service. So if you have anything going on in Germany and you're about to order a meal, apparently it's really poor restaurant service. And outdated, oh, this one's a little bit racy. Outdated attitude towards migrants. This is literally what it says. For a very long point of time, Turks have found their way to Germany, got jobs and settled down. Unfortunately for them, they can struggle for their Turkish past. Okay, that got pretty serious. Um, I think the interesting thing is they still smoke cigarettes. Within Germany, um, I also pulled up some stuff about Chinese culture, and I said once I said traditions, and it literally came back with customs. So I don't know. So we're kind of looking at things within. And when I lived in China, I didn't think that there's anything strange. They do have kind of a Day of the Dead, if you will, where they burn fake money and paper, and usually it's the firstborn son, and they're burning that paper and money to transcend into um, the other life. So in death, you have money to spend. And, you know, I didn't really see anything that was too crazy. Whenever you think about, obviously, food traditions, you're never supposed to put your, your chopsticks in your food. It can indicate the food is nasty, bad, or not even cooked. Another one is is long nails. And you do see this really common within China that people have really, really 
long nails. And whenever I saw it, I didn't really know what to expect, okay? And this one, it says um, spitting is a thing. You're going to... If you're in China, you're going to see people spit all the time, okay? Another one which is really interesting is you can ask anybody for a photo. So when I was living in China and people asked me for photos, I felt like I was a movie star. I was taking face-to-face photos, posing, doing everything I could. So those are kind of some ones, you know. And another thing within China that's interesting is drinking hot water. You know, they don't believe in cold water because it kind of represents cold spirits. But what's so crazy about that is even if you look at it from a scientific standpoint, whenever you're drinking cold water in your body, your body must heat it up to 98.8 degrees, which is the temperature of your body. So your body can absorb it. Your body can absorb cold things. So if you're drinking lots of beer, your body has to heat it up before you can absorb it. That's why sometimes whenever you drink coffee and it's warm, the warming effect of it is the fact that it's entering your system quicker than if you're drinking cold water. So if you're drinking cold brew, it's going to take you longer to actually get the caffeine whenever you're drinking. So that's just kind of a random fact to think about. And another thing that's crazy about coffee is like whenever you go to get coffee, if you want a roast with more caffeine, always pick the light roast. The darker roast in itself is for flavor. And the light roast is giving you that caffeine kick. So if you go and you get a drip and you need a caffeine burst and maybe you get like a red eye with a shot of espresso because you're a caffeine junkie and I'm just saying that, then that would probably be the best thing for you to get if you're trying to get as much caffeine as you possibly can. So I don't know how I got here. Um, Where was I? Okay. So whenever you think about traditions in within people living life, I mean, I really think that what's so interesting about kind of the traditions I read off is some of them are interesting, but still, if you look at Groundhog's Day as a tradition in the United States, it's probably the one where we really don't have a holiday for it. We don't get out of school. It's not a government holiday. However, you have heard about it your whole life. And it's probably the most bizarre holiday we have now because it kind of almost in a way connects us to a different period of life, more of that agriculture pioneer spirit where they would eat anything. And that's probably why they had Groundhog's Day on on that day, just to see what it'd be like to be unique. But I really think it is a unique holiday. I don't think there's a lot of holiday or not a holiday, but traditions like it. Um, and it's something you always hear about and you always know. So that's my show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate all the support. And I will get back with you tomorrow. Have a good one.